abandoned corporate America to embark on a whole new venture in horror podcasting. Please join your host and his sister for today's episode of Not Your Average Horror Show. Yeah, this time more than ever. Um, it was two weeks. <laughs> Our biggest absence. The biggest hiatus ever in two weeks. I was thinking about this. It almost kind of seems like we ended the show, just didn't tell anybody, and now we're doing like a reunion show. I don't know. I think people must have been starting to wonder, or they didn't even notice. Oh, it is still summertime. People have other things to do than listen to podcasts. But I mean, the last time we did this, we were back in New York State. Uh, it was August 2nd, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But still, that's like a third of the summer right there, right? Now that we're almost at the end of it, of August. Where did the summer go? Like just yesterday, we reviewed graduation. You're right. <laughs> yeah, that was like the kick off the summer. It was all downhill from there. <laughs> Proudly our lowest rated show going into the summer, which I thought was going to do much better than it did stats wise. In fact, somebody even watched it, if I'm remembering correctly. Chris. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shout out to our number one fan. Exactly. <laughs> I remember he texted me. He's like, hey, I'm watching Graduation Day right now. He's like, what a piece of shit. <laughs> like, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, you know, in uh, consideration of the time of year, and like we're almost up against uh, September now, we have to start getting into a rhythm because for October, we got to make sure we hit every week of that month. I mean, come on, trying to get back onto the program after a lazy summer, I suppose. <laughs> um, ideally, you know, September, I hope we can get at least three. There's a lot of quality stuff out there that I've been holding off on. And I want to make sure that gets done in October. <laughs> I've been holding out. and some like, So anyway, we got Nightmare on Elm Street 4, the Dream Master to talk about today. Um, you know, this is like more, I guess, in the tradition of a classic 80s horror movie. Although this one, I never really considered like, you know, the true 80s stuff. Like the first three Nightmare on Elm Streets, that stuff. I think by four, I think Freddy's act was starting to get a little bit old. The comedian type of vibe that he was doing. We lost serious Freddy in Nightmare 2. <laughs> um, you know, although even then, like you started getting some of his humor. Um, but yeah, three was when he really started becoming the comedian and three, like I was saying, that was, it's a fan favorite. Some people like it more than the original. I don't understand that. I never did. I thought it was okay. I, what I will say about three is that why, when I was, I was in seventh grade when that came out and I remember, you know, back when you would read a newspaper and read about movies there and see them playing the theater like that big, there was just this really big illustration of Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Um, Freddy's head and the hat, like in the, the claws and all the, not claws, but knives. Mm -hmm. And all of the dream warrior people walking towards him, like as you remember in that. And that got me excited for a horror movie more than anything else. Like that, at least one that was coming out in the theater. At, now a new Freddy is coming out. This I had to see. That kind of all plays into the fact that, you know, I wasn't allowed to see this stuff. Mm -hmm. So then I think a lot of the illustrations on the movie boxes and the posters and stuff took kind of life of itself. Mm -hmm. And that kind of, I don't know, created a movie of self in, in my mind or what I imagined it might be. And as you can imagine, there was a lot of letdowns and, um, you know, on the other hand, there was like some nice surprises too, I guess. Um, yeah. So 
Now, I was also talking about like where I first, I guess, my first memory of Dream Master. I knew about it before this, but I told you about the family vacation. That I, I mean, you weren't even born yet, but we had come back. The parents and the sister and I came back from... <laughs> You mean our parents, our sister? <laughs> yes. <laughs> our parents and our sister, yes. From Nova Scotia, I think. Mm-hmm. Driving through some random Canadian town. Saw a movie theater. My mom's like, I want to see a movie. Mm-hmm. So I go up there and I see, yeah, what's playing? There's Nightmare on Elm Street 4. See, at that point, I knew better than to think that like everybody was going to go agree with me. It's, yes, that's what we should see. <laughs> but I hoped at the very least I could have gone to see it by myself. But unfortunately not. It's right. Dad didn't see it with you. Nightmare on Street? No, he didn't want to see that crap. <laughs> That's the last thing that he... Uh, he was right there with Ma on that. Because, yeah. you know, when he would watch a movie, it had to be something that would be worth his time. He valued his time. And um, movies in general, I just don't think were something... He enjoyed watching a good movie. Yeah. But it's like, I remember him and I talking about this. That if he... Know, I had such a massive collection of movies that I was building, you know, where it happened to be, I was just like so into them. And he was like, you know, if I like a movie, I'll rent it again. He's mm-hmm. like, all you need to do is rent it or see it in the theater. And that's that. I don't need to have it on tape. So I guess. Be a big fan of the uh, screening arrow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know somebody else like uh, Tony's like that too. He's like, yeah, you don't have to have movies on tape or DVD or whatever. It's like, you just watch it. And if you know, you just like watch it again. So. Mm-hmm. Some people see it like that. I've always just been into collecting things. That's just my personality. But yeah, I don't actually own any movies. I don't have any <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess you share that same mindset. I could also just grow up uh, being able to stream most things. Like, well, yeah. Well, you also had that collection of uh, Disney movies too on VHS well, right. when I was like eight. <laughs> Not that you even created that collection for yourself. No. But just like twenty dollars VHS tapes. Or 30. Were they really that? They were more than that. When a movie first came out on VHS, like for a real a, um, a video rental store to buy it, let's say it was something like, I don't know, the late, like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade that came out in 89, or stuff, you know, even before that, like Temple of Doom, that'd be like $90 mm-hmm. for one. Not for a bunch of them. That'd be to stock your shelf with one copy of the new release. Mm-hmm. $90. This is tape we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I guess they could make it that much because there's no other way to watch it. You know, not all movies cost that much. There were some that were less. But still, when a movie first came out, like, if you wanted it, that first day, you had to pay to have it. Like, some might be $30, but it wouldn't typically be less than that. And after a while, once it's been out for a while, then you get a deal. Yeah. But to compete with, like, you know, the blockbusters that would stock their shelves just full of new releases mm-hmm. you wanted to have at least something you know if you're a mom and pop type place yeah. blockbuster that's all they did that was their whole business they just invested in new releases mm-hmm. and that was just half of their store never liked blockbuster if i had mentioned that before it just wasn't like they're just all they wanted to do was just like having new releases there for when people wanted to see it they didn't invest in those older movies the only way they would have them is if they gobbled up um a good video store and maintained some of their um, inventory, which half the time they would just discard half of it and they'd keep half of it. I know because I experienced from those changeovers. Yeah. Is that what you used to call Ballbuster? Oh, yeah. What am I talking about? Blockbuster? <laughs> I should be saying Ballbuster. <laughs> Good call. 
I don't know. I'm just an off night for me. I'm spilling <laughs> stuff all over the table. I'm like dropping Indian food on the floor. <laughs> I'm calling it Blockbuster, which should be Ballbuster. Anyway, so Nightmare 4, it picks up basically where Part 3 left off. Um, part 3, I don't think you saw that one. I mean, I've talked about it a lot. So, um, not in great detail, but it was basically, you know, again, it's a fan favorite. It's where Heather Langenkamp comes back. The girl that was supposedly, you didn't know what happened to her in the first one, but then she comes back in the third one. I guess it was assumed that she died, but they brought her back in the third. And then halfway through the movie, she comes into this mental institution to meet with these kids that are experiencing the same thing that happens to everybody in these movies that some maniac is in their dreams and he's attacking them and he's like first he'll hurt them they wonder what's going on because they wake up with the injury and then sooner or later he kills them so she wanted to come in there and lend out her support best she could but um you know each they had some success at the end of the movie it seemed like they got him of course that's like every movie yeah um, it was just like a skeleton of Freddy. I think there was like some sword fight. <laughs> I forget these movies so fast. Like, I mean, we, we just watched part four and I'm looking at this and forgetting half of it. It's just like, man, I forget this stuff. But yeah, so there's three survivors, part three, Kincaid, the Keanu Reeves looking guy, and mm-hmm. then the one girl, Kristen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So another example of me forgetting details of movies is that yeah the Kristen this movie is not the Kristen in part three it was the same character but mm-hmm. in part three is placed by played by Patricia Arquette and then now it's like I don't even know the girl's name <laughs> player but I don't know why Patricia Arquette wasn't in part four I I mean she became a pretty well-known actress a more respected actress so maybe she was getting better offers and she felt there was better things to do with her time than appear another freddie movie she's in like a ton of movies nothing like really breakout but a very familiar name so with nightmare on elm street for the dream master yeah so it was it was one that i was interested in seeing like i said you know we went to the movie theater i saw it was playing i did get excited but I didn't have quite that same thrill as when I saw, you know, the thing in the paper for Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. It was something I still wanted to see, definitely. But I think the Freddy enthusiasm might have been just, like, fizzling just a little bit. At least for newer sequels. The, uh, um, the sheen was wearing off. Yeah. The I Freddy was, sheen. Yeah, right. I mean, I was still really, really into horror at that point. And... Um, I was still really into Freddy, but you know, they're just reached a point where it's just like, okay, that's, that's enough. I like those first three or the first two or the first one, maybe, <laughs> but those need to be anymore. You would have your fill. Yeah. And I think I did, I think I did see part parts of this. Like I didn't see. So here's the funny thing. I wouldn't actually see the whole thing in one setting until just like four years ago. I can't get over that. I can't. I just it. don't believe it. I went. I sat down and watched it one time, like around Halloween. I was like, "Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, none of this is looking familiar <laughs> whatsoever." And here and there, a scene would pop up. It's like, okay, I remember that part, but I think what it was is just like I did see 
pieces of it. When I went to our cousin Sherry's, who lived in Toronto in this high-rise building, her neighbor had like probably 200 VHS tapes where they had just like copied movies galore. I was going to say, just learning this tidbit of information that they were 90 bucks a pop, I was assuming this person was a millionaire. No, 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 no. No, I mean, as a consumer, you could get movies after they've been out for a while. Yeah. And you might go to Kmart or wherever and find them for $20, mm. which would still be kind of expensive. And then eventually they figured out that they could sell previously watched movies. Yeah. The video stores would do that mostly. Mm-hmm. And those would be much less too. So, yeah, you could build up a collection of original copies. But like I did and a lot of other people did, it was easier just to like, you know, just copy it off of HBO or another tape. So this family that lived next to them oddly enough like they were going they've been away and so they tasked sherry with just like writing down on the labels like none of the stuff was labeled it was just moved blank it was just like blank tapes <laughs> cases sitting there wait was she paid i her payment was just that she got to watch the movies <laughs> <laughs> you know back then it was more difficult just to unless you had cable or you rented it like yeah you didn't stream stuff like you do now. Right. So, and she was so into movies, so she happily took on. And of course, you can imagine my enthusiasm about this. Yeah. I was sent up there for a week just to hang out with them. And like her and her kids, our cousins or second cousins, you know, we're, we're just like all going through all these movies and watching all this stuff that we're not supposed to be watching. <laughs> it was great. So that was one of them, I'm guessing, was was on the tapes and then i don't know maybe i just wasn't into it at a time or just like there was other mm-hmm. stuff going on where i didn't it didn't hold my attention for the whole time so yeah i finally saw it a few years ago and it was all right i um i've always said this or at least as of five years ago when i saw it that it had the most likable characters of any of the series um i mean in part three you know kim cade was pretty cool who got killed off promptly at the beginning of this one. Ironically disappointing. Enough. Yeah. Which is surprising too, because he was a fan favorite from part three. So I'm surprised. Yeah, why take away the best part of the movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had a good sense of humor and everything, but uh, Freddie got him in the junkyard after all. And what did Alice get from him? Alice got what from Kincaid? Yeah. Uh, well, nothing really. Well, well what do you mean? Well, didn't she change oh, you mean, with every death? Mm, I see what you're saying. So I think this was before Alice was involved. Oh. When he died, it was just the three carryovers from the movie. It was that Kristen girl. Mm-hmm. The long-haired guys, who I can't remember his name. I just call him the Keanu Reeves-looking guy, <laughs> who talks like him and got killed by that naked woman in his waterbed who really was Freddy. Yes. Um, so those three were kind of like, I guess, a separate. Yeah. Why were they even in it? (laughs) Why were they even in the movie? You know, (laughs) movies had a habit of doing that back then. Like horror movies, they would let one survivor go into the next sequel and that person would promptly get killed up. Friday the 13th did that all the time. Mm. Um, what was her name? Adrian King. Going into part two, got killed off in her apartment by Jason. And then what's her name? That lady I met. Uh, blonde hair. Steel. <laughs> Amy Steele? Yeah, Amy Steele. That's Steel. familiar. Yeah. 
So she kind of took over the reins from there. But so once, so the last link of that group was the blonde haired girl, Kristen. Mm-hmm. So I think them dying didn't necessarily make anybody give anybody a boost like it did to Alice, except maybe that blonde girl. I think she got something from that blonde girl because mm-hmm. she was the last one to die. She pulled Alice in and that's when Alice suddenly took on like people's personalities every time mm-hmm. they got killed by Freddie. But I don't know why did it suddenly change then? Like why wasn't this happening all along in the first three movies? Yeah. Why was the dream master started with her and nobody else? I don't get that. <laughs> it doesn't make much sense. Although I think Alice was the first one to tell Kristen about the dream master before she died. She's like, oh, how do you know all this? She's like, well, when dreams are all you have, you know a lot about them. Maybe she was just such a void of a person that it invited that to happen. Maybe. I mean, it's like I said before when we were watching it. It's almost like this movie had some good characters and some likable characters. And Alice was too, but she was kind of like a blank slate. Mm -hmm. She wasn't really like, she was very nondescript. Kind of plain looking, you know, average looking 80s girl who actually, you know, I was thinking about this also. She didn't really have like much of a, a dated look from that era. Like, I think her look could have fit in with almost like today. Mm-hmm. It would look normal. But of course, you had like the spiked hair guys and you still had like uh, the big hair girl. Yeah. The bodybuilder. Right. So, yeah, that could just be it. She was just there for like kind of an old personality person. And so, then she got bangs. Yeah. <laughs> so you take the zero personality person and then you start inviting like personalities from other people. And then you build this like by the end of the movie, she's kicking ass. <laughs> Which is kind of like unsatisfying because it's like she became powerful and interesting almost by no <laughs> by no um I guess. Initiative of her own. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's a good point too. Because it's interesting in the in I used to think that she was doing it on her own. Like from the time I saw it, I kind of I saying how fast I forget these movies. Like yeah. I it's like I thought when I thought back on it, she was changing throughout the movie on her own, just getting stronger. Yeah. But it's actually mentioned in the cemetery of one of the friends that, you know, she's talking to people and she sounds completely different. Mm-hmm. She sounds like more of a really take charge type of personality. Yeah. Then she just kind of like, she's like, yeah, we got to like, you know, she makes a quote from one of her friends and it sounds very out of character for her. Mm-hmm. And then she walks away. And the two friends that are just standing there, she's like, wow, she's changing every day. Then the one guy corrects her. He's like, no. She's changing after each person that dies. <laughs> so that kind of speaks to what you're saying. It's just like, yeah, she's not doing it on her own. <laughs> yeah, she's like the anti-Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you were, you know, expecting a quality movie and like that was happening to one of their characters, that might not be the most satisfying character of a movie. But for a horror movie, it works fine. I guess so. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I guess you just can't help but cheer her on coming from that 
Nah, her dad wasn't abusive. He just kind of like had. He was lame. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he expected her to cook, almost like he was her wife or something. It's like he wasn't, he wasn't like really abusive. Just like you know, very condescending, sort of, and just an annoying asshole, I guess, kind of. Yes. So this movie had some interesting effects in it, also. The girl, the bodybuilder girl that got turned into a roach, mm-hmm. that was like one of her characteristics. She always hated bugs. And through the movie, that's kind of, get, we, we see examples of that. And then Freddy decides that once he has her in his crosshairs, which is kind of a funny, not funny, but interesting, like at the pizza shop where she's sitting at the counter mm-hmm. at the bar. And a Freddy suddenly is right beside her mm-hmm. and he's like blabbing about something. And he's like, your shift is over. <laughs> and he flicks his glove up in the air and she wakes up. And then he focuses on that bodybuilder girl and turns her into a bug inside the Roach Motel. Yeah. Pretty disgusting. Wasn't great. The those seconds I saw. Yeah. Those back to back sequences were probably two of the most nauseating parts of the movie <laughs> where they're in the pizza shop and you see on the pizza is like the heads of all the all of her friends yeah and it's like they're screaming and freddie takes the blade of his glove and pokes it into one of the heads but which might have been her brother <laughs> i can't remember <laughs> and then put it in his mouth <laughs> and then he goes on to the girl wish i could remember names but uh you know you see enough movies and just after a while it's impossible to remember that from that point on though enough people die to where she's gaining strength which is basically the theme of this and i guess just by virtue of her gaining her friends specific talents she feels more and more ready to face freddie mm-hmm. at the end of the movie and yeah it's she knows uh karate like what her brother was doing and i guess she took on some of the brawn of her one friend who was the bodybuilder um and yeah it's it's kind of a little anticlimactic though because she's beating the crap out of fred like she's kicking him with all these karate moves and it looks like it's doing something he laughs at first but then she starts like you know pulling some other kind of karate shit which looks pretty impressive and then Freddy seems like he's getting beat, but only to, you know, just be the same old Freddy again. She blasts a hole through him somehow. I forgot what she was doing. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I was confused at that part, too. I was like, <laughs> where did she get this power from? Because I remember nothing of her friend's abilities that right. <laughs> had any hole blasting. Yeah, through Freddy's that. stomach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, once you saw that, Freddie's looking down at his stomach and he's got this wide open gap. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, well, now she's got him. Only for him to come, like, you know, just like, oh, it closes back up. He's back. <laughs> and he just laughs. And so, I don't know. She sees like a, a broken piece of mirror on the ground. And mm-hmm. she's like, I don't even remember what she says. I'm like, evil will see itself in the yeah, horror. That's and essentially all it was. And then yeah. the evil, the evil will see and the evil will know itself. Right. So she shows him a picture of himself in the mirror <laughs> and he screams the <laughs> horror and he dies. It's like, is that all I had to do? And considering <laughs> there's like three more Freddy movies, like shouldn't least, they yeah. have picked up the trick by now? Mm. 
Well, see, Freddie figures things out also. He <laughs> Freddie also games. <laughs> you fool him once, you don't fool him again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it was interesting. It was fun. It wasn't the best in the series, but I think that it did a good job, I think, of putting in likable characters in the movie, and it was a decent story. Yeah, except at the end when she's walking with um, her, what was it? Football jock boyfriend. Delectable hunk. Oh, is that <laughs> what they call Oh, yeah, where well, she has, oh, yeah, that's another thing, too. She was kind of like um, an airhead. She was just kept, uh, I don't know, just like daydreaming so, about yeah. stuff. Yeah. But like realistic daydreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when he like falls in love with her, who is he falling in love with? From her previous, uh, from all of Freddy's kills. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well. It can get really um, philosophical. Yeah, this might be the wrong movie <laughs> to focus that kind of energy on. But he was with her through most of the movie, though, like before she got a lot of that power. And it's funny because he was the one that called that out, the fact that she's only changing when people are dying. I guess he was into that. <laughs> he could have just been looking to get laid. I Maybe. don't know. <laughs> Guys will say anything, you know. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> so um yeah. And then at the end of the book, what was it, like a uh, a fountain. Yeah. And then he gets ready to toss like a diamond there or something. And she looks down the water, and before he tosses in the diamond, the water starts rippling. He sees this perfect image of Freddie's sweater, the green and red sweater there in the reflection. She's like, whoa. She's what does it mean that it's a reflection? And when he saw a reflection, uh, that's what triggered his death. Again, she's pretty. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Again, maybe too philosophical. Well, you know what's fun? She was in the next one again, only to be killed off just well, like everyone else yeah. and gets carries <laughs> over. But I can't remember. You know what? Because the next one was the dream child. This one I saw, I saw that one in a theater with our cousin Rick. Dream child. I don't want to think about the implications of what that could mean. Oh, yeah. You really don't want to. (laughs) But um, I don't know if she was somehow like the... The mother of the dream. Yeah. She might have been. I'd have to go back. Well, which really would be a shame, too. Or Alice. I would rather they just didn't even carry her into the next movie. But... (laughs) mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I'll have to research that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So yeah, this was good. This was um, it's a good one to get back into the um, the theme of the true 80s horror movies. Leading Build up back. to the month of October. Yes. Again, we're summer. doing our calisthenics to brace <laughs> ourselves for the marathon. Right. Of Halloween season. Yeah. Not that they've been bad movies. They've just been like odd choices, I guess. It's just summer, you know. Leprechaun was great. Yeah. Well, I told you I bought that Leprechaun Blu-ray, which is... <laughs> How I think much did you pay for that? Oh, it was, at, uh, it was at one of those stores where they resell stuff at a cheap price, which I usually would never go into. But once in a while, right. they've got a movie selection in there, which I just have to have. <laughs> yeah. So maybe sometime we'll watch that. Maybe never. <laughs> TBD. All right. Nightmare Nelson for Dream Master. Worth a look. So thanks as always for listening.
If you have any comments, visit our website page. I paid a lot of money for that, so somebody please go look at it. <laughs> Not your average horror show hyphen a podcast. Or just go to our Facebook page under the same name. Not your average horror show. Thanks again. See you next Wednesday.